Welcome to the Ask Zach Show. I'm your host, Zach Childs. I've spent the last 30 years working in the music industry here in Nashville, Tennessee, during which I've done everything from touring with major artists like Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood to playing the nastiest dive bars or even the occasional wedding. This show is all about barreling down the rabbit hole on all things guitar and the music we love. We will cover the legendary players, gear insights, and even some interviews along the way. I hope you enjoy. To support the show, follow the links in the description to find out about my Patreon page. Or go to my store at AskZach.com to pick up a coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, let's dive in. Zach. Today we're going to be talking about six string bass guitars or bass sixes, whatever you want to call them. And we're going to talk a bit about the history and players and also some tricks and effects and different things you can use uh, for using one of these great instruments in the context of a band or a recording. So first off, while you're thinking about it, go down in the corner and hit subscribe if you hadn't and if you've been enjoying the show. So the intro that I played was showcasing the uh, kind of melodic aspect and that was a part played by John Jorgensen. He used a Dan Electro six-string bass and he was playing through a Boss Vibrato. So of course I was using my Squire Bass 6 through a uh, Boss Vibrato pedal to uh, get that sound and uh, it's very ear-catching and part of it is the vibrato obviously and, but a big part of it is that the lick kind of starts high and it keeps going lower than you, because you think it's a guitar part. And then it keeps going lower and it hits that low G. And uh, yeah, that's one of the great and creative usages of this instrument. So to give some history, 1956, Dan Electro introduces the uh, U2B6 uh, and it is around $130 at that point, which taking inflation into account would be closer to $1,200 or so. And it quickly becomes uh, picked up by a lot of players in, uh, in Nashville and LA and they start using it to double uh, parts. Uh, it becomes popular enough that Leo Fender asks to borrow Harold Bradley's uh, Dan Electro, which I don't know why he didn't just go buy one from the store but he, uh, Harold Bradley was part of the Nashville A-Team and he was one of the, one of the guys that popularized the instrument and uh, he sent his off to, uh, to California and Leo checked it out and of course in you know, Leo style he had to kind of take that kind of budget friendly instrument and really kind of up it. So where the Dan Electro is 29 and 3 quarter inches is for the scale length Leo went a full 30 inch 
you know, for, uh, for his. And on Leo's, he had to have three pickups instead of two. He had individual on and off switches and then this bass strangle switch, which is a high pass filter, which means that when you turn it on, it only lets highs pass. And then of course he put his new novel vibrato unit that was being put on the uh, Jazzmaster and Jaguar. So of course Leo introduced that in 1961 and it was over $300 at that point, which would put it you know, well over $3,000 in today's you know, money. So the Dan Electro ended up being more popular than the Fender version, partially because it was kind of a specialty instrument and it was less than half the price and it really you know did the job well now today we have the advantage of you know these you know uh, instruments that are at a lower price point because they're being made you know overseas and so you have like this indonesian made uh, squire basics that i have today that's an amazing instrument and it's in the you know three to four hundred dollar range and you know you can find them used and of course, you can get Dan Electro, new Dan Electro, uh, that that are in that price range also. So Dan Electro, of course, kind of went out went out in 1969, and which meant that their instrument wasn't being made. Uh, I think they had stopped making it before that anyway. And then Fender stopped production of their Bass Six in 1975. So then it's kind of over until uh, some guys, and we'll get into that in a second, started popularizing the instrument again. And Jerry Jones, who was a builder here in Nashville, who was a repairman before, and he was making custom guitars. And probably the most famous custom guitar he made was, uh, he made the Telecaster that Merle Haggard played throughout the 80s and 90s. Before Fender made his signature model, he had a neck through Telecaster. So it had one piece of maple that went all the way through the body and then it had the sides sandwiched on that were hollowed out. And the reason was that Merle had major back problems at that point and he had asked Jerry Jones to make him a really light Telecaster. And, and so I, I think it ended up being in the six pound range. So then Jerry got the idea to start making Dan Electro copies that were better made, uh, that had you know, nicer tuners or more adjustable um, you know, bridges. And that kind of started a whole revolution. Then uh, Fender started making the Bass 6 again, and you know, Schechter started making the Hellcat and you know, 6, and uh, you started getting all these companies making you know, baritone and six-string bass guitars. Now the true six-string bass, of course, is tuned uh, E to E, and has somewhere in between a 29 and 30-inch scale. Uh, a full bass has a 34-inch scale, like a Fender Precision. Uh, baritone guitar usually has a uh, usually has one or two unwound strings, and it usually has a scale length around 27 or 28, and it's usually tuned down to B or A. So that's kind of the difference there. I prefer the full six-string bass because it has a greater tonal range, and also because you don't have to think about almost playing in another key or something. It's just that, you know, the, the low the low string's still an E. And also you can still capo up and do different things. Now you don't have the advantage of those unwound strings that you can bend, but still uh, extremely usable. Uh, 
uh, players. So, of course, I mentioned Harold Bradley, who was playing on Nashville Sessions. Uh, then you had Bill Pittman, who was playing on L.A. Sessions, and he played most famously probably on Jack Nietzsche's The Lonely Surfer, which is great because it's, again, being used kind of in a melodic way. The, uh, let's see, make sure I have the right setting here. Uh, probably the most famous six-string bass line would be this. Of course, you have to turn it on. So, and that was, of course, played by uh, Glenn Campbell, who I believe borrowed a Dan Electro six-string bass and played that. And there's also footage of him playing the song with a, uh, a Fender Bass 6 that's red with a matching headstock on television. It's quite cool. Uh, let's see, it was used on Beach Boys stuff. Again, you had uh, Dwayne Eddy using it as a melodic instrument. Uh, it was being used on, uh, you know, like I said, Beach Boys and all sorts of things. And then it all of a sudden just kind of dies out. Uh, by uh, around 69, you know, of course, Dan Electro has completely stopped making them. Fender's not making them. Then uh, players kind of, you know, forgot about them. Uh, there are rare instances where guys that had them continued to use them. Uh, I believe Richard Bennett used one on the Billy Joel tune Captain Jack in the choruses to give it more beef. Um, but then it, it starts to kind of uh, come back in the early 80s. You have uh, John Jorgensen with the Desert Rose Band who played the line that I played at the beginning of the song. Uh, you have uh, Richard Bennett on the Steve Earle tune Guitar Town. You have Hayden Nicholas playing with Clint Black doing uh, Killing Time. And you have all these songs where the instrument you know, starts to become you know, revitalized. I've created a uh, Spotify playlist to uh, spotlight uh, some bass six, you know, Dan Electro Fender bass six tracks. Another interesting one is uh, John Leventhal played a, a Fender bass six on the Sean Colvin album uh, Steady On, and specifically on the title track Steady On, you can hear he's kind of plucking and uh, and playing some lines on it, not using it like a bass at all, and uh, it's really really nice. So here are some uh, some tricks. Uh, you know, of course, you know. It's fun that you know it has uh, you know three pickups, and uh, so you can get anything from the you know like Twin Peaks, uh, and that's using the bridge pickup, and uh, or you can you can get a much softer sound by using the neck pickup. play that same line with the neck pickup but with the strangle switch sounds like this and that's taking off just enough bass to where it will fit in a track better um, now again if you're playing by yourself you can probably get away with it but if there's bass also going on they're gonna start fighting so this is a, a really great thing to have uh, another great thing to do um, is to use a capo and you can play chords so get that and I'm gonna put it on the, uh, the bridge pickup 
So this is with the strangle switch on. Here's the tremolo off. finger-pick things. I think some tremolo would be nice on there. That's my one of my favorite effects to put on on one of these. And if you really want to take it to the next level, add uh, vibrato also. Tremolo and vibrato together are really cool. you can also play um, you know you can play solos or play you know play lead line take the capo off and, and play like a fun line that kind of goes from from up high to, to down low you know you can go Fun stuff. So this base six, uh, the Squire, it's made in Indonesia, very reasonably priced. Uh, I've the only modification I've done to it is I put Labella flat wounds on there because I, I liked it for this instrument. I like the round wounds better on the Dan Electro type, and I like flats on this type of instrument. Also, I had to uh, modify the bolt that uh, holds the uh, the low E saddle. And so I had to cut off part of the bolt so that I could uh, adjust the intonation and get this string in tune. So that just meant I had to remove the bolt, cut off part of it, and put it back in. So it wasn't some horrible modification, but the labella low E is bigger, and to intonate it properly, I had to do that. So, anywho, I love these instruments. They're a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you can use them for all sorts of things, uh, playing chords. Doubling guitar lines, that's probably one of the best usages, is, is doubling guitar lines and really giving them a beef to it. Uh, you know, you can play bass on it. Uh, you can put all sorts of effects on there. You can put fuzz. Um, I remember James Burton using one of these with fuzz on it, and, and uh, I'll, I'll find the tune and put it in the playlist. But, uh, yeah, but I would say my favorites are to use, you know, tremolo or vibrato or tremolo and vibrato together. So... Well, guys, I hope uh, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. I hope you've had fun. Again, I hope you'll subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to the Ask Zach podcast. If you want to dive deeper, check out my website, askzach.com, to find more articles and further info on each episode. And remember, it is the support from you, the listener, that keeps the show going. Thank you, friends.